Good evening, I'm Bill Bryant of WKYT-TV, and we are welcoming you to this mayoral forum tonight. I'll be serving as moderator as the candidates who are running for Lexington mayor are here. Welcome to our audience in the Carrick Theater in the Mitchell Fine Arts Center on the beautiful campus of Transylvania University. We appreciate their hospitality this evening. And to our viewing audience on WKYT's The CW Lexington, as well as our live stream tonight. Our sponsors this evening are Transylvania University, the League of Women Voters of Lexington, WLAP, and WKYT, and the Lexington Herald Leader, who are also live streaming this evening. We'd like to welcome the candidates here tonight, Ronnie Baston and Linda Gorton. The election is a week from tomorrow. This is the final forum for these two candidates who have appeared many times together in the campaign. They told me about 20 times together. The League of Women Voters Policies and Procedures will be in effect for this forum. We've randomly drawn for the order of speaking. Candidates will have 90 seconds for opening and closing remarks, as well as 90 seconds to respond to questions. Our questions have been prepared by the sponsors, including questions from students at Transylvania University. Questions have also been solicited from the public online, and each candidate will have an opportunity to pose a question to his or her opponent as well. So that could be interesting. We now begin with our opening remarks tonight. 90 seconds to candidate Linda Gordon. Thank you very much, Bill. And first, I want to thank all of our sponsors and thank you all for being here at Transylvania University. The first, I guess it was a college then, west of the Alleghenies. We're in a very historic building and area here in town. So thank you for having us. I'm Linda Gorton, and I'm running for mayor of Lexington, and I have a long history of leadership, and I want to tell you a little bit about that. I'm a registered nurse and have had a full career in nursing. I have been a civic leader here in Lexington for many years, chairing organizations, boards, and other commissions, and things that are important to our community. And then I spent 16 years as an elected council member here in Lexington. The last four of those years, the public elected me as vice mayor, the second highest leader in our community. And I took that as a very great honor. I served as the leader of a 15-member legislative body and I learned the fine art of working with council members to explain and work through issues. I have the broadest leadership of the candidates and I consider myself mayor ready on day one. So I'm really excited about this opportunity and thank you. Thank you, candidate Gordon and candidate Ronnie Baston. Well, thank you to all the sponsors. Thank you all for being here with us tonight and thank you for those who are tuning in on TV and, and the live stream. I'm Ronnie Baston. I'm running for mayor of Lexington. I have nearly 40 years of experience in people management and leadership, often in high pressure, life or death situations. When flight 5191 crashed, I was there and led the response team. When the SWAT team was needed to take down an active threat, when shots were fired, I led our men and women in uniform to get the job done. When the economy turned for the worse and we needed a physically responsible hand at the wheel, I was there and my division delivered while coming in under budget. I am honored to have been endorsed or recommended by every major, every major organization in this race. It's unprecedented. 
the teachers, Kentucky Education PAC, all three unions that represent government workers, the people on the front line of Lexington. These folks are on the front line of the city. They have watched me and Linda over the last 20 years, and they've all chosen me. I am proud to have their endorsement. They know that a Baston administration will have their back. They know a Baston administration will be diverse and not just look at look like one zip code. Thank you very much. And we'll now go to our questions. And we had a, a candidate drawing. And our first question will go to candidate Baston. He will have 90 seconds to respond. And then candidate Gordon will also have 90 seconds to respond to the question. And the first question involves traffic. It's a hot topic. Traffic seems to be a, a number one concern for many citizens. What, in your opinion, are the most challenging traffic areas or issues in Lexington, and how do you plan to address them? Candidate Baston. Well, no doubt traffic is on the minds of, of most everyone I talk with. They're not satisfied with the efforts that we've seen up to this point. Uh, I don't think we're using data to program our lights. I don't think we're working as well as we should be to work with the state on state-controlled roads to give some relief on longer turn lanes in some cases. A Baston administration is going to go in. We're going to make sure that we're using the data properly, that we aggressively time lights to account for new traffic flow patterns, and we're going to work with the state to, to develop good relationships to make sure that we have plans in place and get priority to take care of the traffic that we have. Uh, some people say that the design of Lexington is what causes us to experience the traffic problems that we have. I'm not willing to buy that. Other cities have found a solution. We haven't. I won't take no for an answer till we find a better way to move our traffic in Lexington. Thank you. Candidate Gorton, traffic, uh, top issue. Top issue. We are now about 320,000 people here in Lexington, and we grow about 30,000 people every census. So our traffic is going to continue increasing. In the last several years, our traffic engineers have retimed lights. They've also put in the flashing yellow left turn lights that everybody likes, and that eases traffic through. And they've done a lot of changes to the timing. But what we don't have here that we need is to try out or pilot some of the intelligent traffic signals, those that sense the traffic at that intersection and can change automatically. The other piece to our traffic fix is multimodal transportation. We need to work closely with Lextran in order to bring more buses closer into the neighborhoods so that people who don't have to ride the buses will choose to ride the buses. They're clean, they're efficient, they're on time. And then of course to continue building more trails. We need trails for people who like to bike to work and people who like to walk to work. We need to be sure our sidewalks are in good shape. So all of these pieces together will help us get a better handle on our traffic. Thank you. Our next topic is homelessness, and this question comes from a student at Transylvania. Do you believe the homelessness in Lexington is connected to the gentrification of the north and east sides, and would your efforts to address those two problems be coordinated? Candidate Gordon. Uh, both of those issues are very important to our community. When I served as vice mayor, we established the Homeless Prevention Office inside government. 
And that office has had really good success working with folks in our community in order to partner on efforts to decrease our homeless population. And it is going down. It has gradually decreased in the last two or three years. So that's a, that's a good thing. Some of the efforts are working, and as you know, housing first is really the way we need to go because if you don't have a roof over your head, you are not likely to be out looking for a job or going to arts events or anything like that because first you need housing. And some entities like St. James Place have had really good success at that. They house a lot of their uh, homeless are veterans and they've had really good success. So that's number one. Gentrification is related to several different things. And I'm a big supporter of the current committee that's working, and it's, it's called uh, Neighborhoods in Transition. And it's chaired by Councilmember James Brown, and they're looking at this particular piece, the gentrification and people being outpriced out of their neighborhoods. Thank you. Candidate Baston. No doubt homelessness is an issue in Lexington that we face, and uh, we've made good progress with it, I think. Over the last four years, uh, Charlie Lanter and Polly, who've worked in the Office of Homelessness, have done a great job and housed a number of people. Uh, they've done that in conjunction with working with Mental Health Court and many other providers within the community. Uh, we have to continue that momentum. We have to continue to find housing for those who are, are homeless right now. Um, you know, we. Uh, we have to be concerned with gentrification. One of the issues that we face as we, we strive to contain our growth is the possibility of rising prices, rising assessments, higher taxes, and thus gentrification. That's something that we have to think out of the box on and something I'll bring to the table because it's really bad to think that someone could live in their home for 30 or 40 years and contribute to this community and then suddenly find themselves on a fixed income and maybe not, a vote, not able to afford to stay in that home that they've been in. So we have to think about things. We have to think about things like maybe capping some of the, the property taxes if people have lived for long term in a particular location and they may be subject to, to gentrification. It's an issue that we've got to take on, we've got to be strong on, and we can't let it happen. Uh, preserving our, our land and farmland is important, but so is addressing those problems that can crop up as a result of that. Thank you. Candidate Baston, uh, panhandling is a question. How are the new policies on panhandling working, and what next steps would you take to assure safety for both pedestrians and drivers? Well, I think the, the pedestrian safety ordinance that we put into place a year or so ago was, is working. It's keeping people, for the most part, out of the traffic, uh, which was very, very dangerous, and we had a lot of concern with within public safety. I think the the van that we're using right now that we're doing a couple days a week is working, but we don't have the funding to continue that or do it five days a week. But I think there's some organization to panhandling in Lexington. I think that there are some folks who are profiting off panhandling and they're, they're organized. They're dropping people off in position in certain locations and then picking them up for a cut. Uh, I think there are opportunities to, to reduce some of that. And I think there are opportunities to, to educate our citizens who are very, uh, very much in favor of, of giving to their fellow man in need. But there are organizations in town that will spread those dollars much, much more wisely and cover many, many more needs, real needs in a community uh, and do it efficiently. So there's an education piece we have to do. 
and we have to do what we can to cut down on organized panhandling. Uh, no one should profit off of this. Thank you. Candidate Gordon, how are new policies on panhandling working? Uh, there are several policies that are starting to work well. And the, when the council tried to pass a, a law that prohibited panhandling, you may remember that the court said it's freedom of speech. And so they went back and they passed the, the pedestrian safety ordinance, which meant that panhandlers could not go certain places and intersections and so on. Lexington has become known as a very generous community. And in lots of ways, that's a great thing, right? But the panhandlers know this, and there are busloads of them who are dropped off here. And they know that people in Lexington are likely to help them. So there has been an education campaign out to, to help people understand that they should not give them money, because this just encourages them. The jobs bus, which picks up people every day and takes them to a paying job, has been very successful. And Louisville is now looking to replicate what we have here in terms of our jobs bus. So this is, this is one thing that we have done that's been very effective and will probably be tried in Louisville. So we're making some progress. Thank you. In 2017, 123 Fayette County residents died from drug overdoses, primarily from heroin and or fentanyl. Let that soak in, 123. How should the city address this uh, public health issue? Many say crisis, certainly, uh, that is a, a nationwide issue, certainly a regional issue, but is no question an issue uh, here in Lexington as well. Candidate Gordon. It is an issue. It's an issue all over the United States, and it does not segregate itself to any one demographic. Every family, in one way or another, every person is touched, whether you know a friend, you know a friend of a friend, or whomever. Um, so it's, it's very important that we tackle this head on. And this will be my very first priority in office. The way we need to go about it is different from what we've done in the past. We have, we have mainly attacked it from a public safety standpoint, and then we have silos of people working throughout the community. What we need is coordination and a multidisciplinary group who will sit down at the table together and craft a strategy forward. This group will include public safety. It will include mental health experts addiction experts, pharmacy people. It will include members of our faith community because this is going to be an all-out effort. And once we have started to drop the numbers in drug addiction, we will start to drop crime. They're, they're absolutely related. So this will be number one priority for me when I become mayor. And we will, we will stop working in silos and we will have this concerted effort together forward. Thank you. Candidate Baston, how does Lexington confront drug overdoses? Heroin is, uh, and fentanyl are the biggest issues we face right now, drug issues, for a lot of reasons. People, lots of people are dying. Uh, the cost of the community is overwhelming in terms of mental health costs, public safety costs, health care costs, lack of productivity, loss of productivity costs. It has to be something we address and we, we have to be effective on it. 
I have experience in dealing with this. I brought together a multidisciplinary group in 2013 when we first saw this coming, and folks have been working together on that. There's a three, three parts to a multifaceted approach that I think and my experience tells me we need. First of all, law enforcement has to be the one responsible for choking out the supply through holding people accountable that are profiting off selling these drugs to our family members and our kids. Law enforcement knows how to do that. We were effective with the pill crisis we had. That, that led for an opportunity for heroin to come in because it was cheaper because of the success we had had. The other thing we have to realize is we cannot arrest our way out of an addiction problem. We have to have appropriate, adequate, and ample treatment in our community. Uh, Lexington is not going to be able to afford to build that. The government won't, will not be able to build enough treatment beds. What we have to do is be innovative about getting those services here by looking at partnerships, by looking at incentives for private pay companies, by looking at a regional approach and trying to attract federal dollars. And the last thing we have to do is we have to rally the faith-based community and all of us to walk with someone through long-term recovery. Everyone needs to know that someone cares about them and that they'll be there to talk with them five, six, seven times a day to help get through the tough days. Thank you. Last week, uh, gun violence and hate crimes were in the headlines around the country with uh, shootings uh, too close to home, certainly at the uh, Kroger store in Louisville and at a Jewish synagogue in Pittsburgh. Both were targeted at specific populations based on race and religious preferences. What will you do as mayor to protect our citizens and prevent such hate-based killings and violence in Lexington? Candidate Baston. Well, I've had experience doing that. And one thing we have to do is maximize intelligence gathering efforts. We have to, we have to know when people are, are falling through our safety net in the community, people who are at risk, people who are vulnerable, people who are not acting just right, who are not acting like they normally do. Uh, usually there are signs that we find out after the fact of things that were going on and signs in a person's life that should have cued someone that something was going wrong and something bad might be able to happen. We have to make sure we have that safety net in place. We have to work with our mental health uh, folks within the community, social workers, family members, and many others. Because at the end of the day, it's up to all of us to look out for each other and make sure that when someone isn't doing well, mentally or otherwise, that you tell someone. That way we can intervene and prevent, uh, hopefully, a, a horrendous act from occurring like we've just seen. Uh, these are unthinkable acts that occurred here recently. And as you said, one was way too close to home. It's my understanding that the individual went to a church, an African-American church, and tried to get in, and the person couldn't get to the door in time to let him in. Uh, think about that, what potential there was for that. So he did the next thing, and he, he left and went to Kroger and, and found some victims there. Uh, this person was disturbed. The safety net should have caught him, and we didn't. Thank you. Candidate Gordon. Well, this violence that we are seeing is very disturbing. Um, if you think back when you were a child, and I'm looking around, there's some young folks in the room, but there's some of us who are a little bit older than the young folks, we never used to have to worry about this. And it is, an, it is affecting our entire nation. And we, we have got to stop it. And some of the ways that we can stop it are, uh, for example, no one talks about, in every one of these violence cases, there's a mental illness component. 
These are disaffected people who don't feel like they belong in many cases. And this has been shown through many studies. We don't talk about this portion of it and this particular challenge, the mental health issue. So that is number one. Number two is educating our families and our citizens about gun safety. People do have guns, but there is never a reason why a little child should find a loaded gun on a car seat or in the, in the home and be able to use it. And so we've got to gather folks together in our community to do some educating and some serious soul searching about how to talk with each other without becoming violent and address these mental health issues. And the next question is a little bit in the same vein, and you, you have touched on some of this, so you might uh, want to uh, expand uh, your answer in, in some direction. But gun violence continues to plague the community, as you noted. According to WKYT's interactive website, the number of homicides in Lexington has almost doubled since 2015, when there were 16 deaths compared to 28 last year. There have been 21 homicides so far this year. Many of these deaths are gun-related. As mayor, what would you do to address this issue and reduce the senseless loss of these mostly young lives? Candidate Gordon. Well, we know already because the court has told us that we cannot make local gun control laws. Those are left up to the states and the, the federal government. So our council here tried to do that and they were not successful. Um, so that's number one. So we have to address this in a different way. And we can't change the laws, but we can do things like many years ago, we had a uh, gun lock program where people could get it, come in and get gun locks. Educate, education. I think we've got to start with children who, when they have a situation where they disagree with each other, they automatically fight or they think it's a situation where they, they need to strike out. Children need to learn ways to be resilient and to deal with life issues where things don't always go the way they think they should. And children growing up with those kinds of, of teachings and guidance can learn to better handle situations where they disagree with you or are unhappy with you. And then I, I go back to this mental health issue. We've got to be aware of this in our community and help people get treatment so that they don't turn to guns when they're unhappy or they're ill and they don't like what's going on. Thank you. Candidate Baston, dealing with gun violence in the community. It's hard to talk about that in 90 seconds, Bill, to be honest with you. Um, gun violence is something that's, that's going up at an astronomical rate across the country and something we have to get a handle on. I think there's several things that's causing that. Obviously, drugs and the drug trade for illegal drugs like heroin and fentanyl right now are driving our violent crime. The folks at the police department I talk with are, just, are convinced of that. It's not gangs. It's drug trade that's causing our shootings and homicides to go up. So we have to tackle this opioid epidemic and we have to be effective with it if we want to get to a better place with, with violent crimes. But I think too, you know, we're in danger of some things here that uh, we intercepted last spring in our school system. And I think those, those are some unique th things and provide some opportunities 
for us to be aware of and to do. We have to be turned in, tuned in to social media and what our kids are doing and what may be happening in threats and bullying that's going on with our kids. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, if you were disrespected, maybe it was in front of two or three people and you might fight and the next day you were okay. Uh, today I see folks who are saying very brave things, making threats on social media. The folks who are being threatened feel like they've been disrespected in front of the entire world, not two or three people, and they feel like they need to, to react very strongly. I think that's up the ante in violence. So we have to work with our school system. Kids have to have an anchor in school so that people know what their baseline is. Parents need to be tuned into that. We need to increase our police officers so we can increase programming and hold people accountable who are doing violent acts. Thank you. This next question is a student question. It also is uh, uh, in the law enforcement vein. Tensions between police and the African-American community are at near historic high in some places, this questioner says. What would you do to build trust between these communities in Lexington? Candidate Baston. Well, I've done that, and I think the fact that I've been uh, endorsed by the People's Campaign uh, recognizes the efforts I put into this community for a long, long time. I've had great relationships, and I have good support uh, within the community. Uh, one of the programs that I initiated as police chief that I want to make sure that we bring back is a We Care program. And that's where we went into an area off Georgetown Street, Whitney Charles area, and uh, there was an uptick in violence in 2013. We went in, I knocked on doors for two afternoons. I talked to people, people who've lived in their homes a long time that were afraid to come out on their porches and afraid to walk down the street. That's a sad situation. People had lost hope. We went in, I took a recruit class and a fire recruit class at jail, uh, offered some folks Habitat for Humanity, and we partnered with others as well. And we went in, we cleaned up the neighborhood, we trimmed trees, we mowed grass, we painted porches, we repaired siding that had been shot with drive-by shootings. <laughs> and people came out, they welcomed us. At the end of that, the neighborhood president asked me to come to a meeting and baked me a cake and gave it to me. I've seen firsthand what investment in a neighborhood who's lost hope can do and how hope can be reinstated with some attention and with some devotion and some time. So that's something I wanna do is go back in and in areas where people may have lost hope is to, to transform that community back, give them hope, let them know we're gonna be there for them to set the standards and regain the standards in the community, and we'll be there to partner to help maintain those standards. Thank you, Candidate Gordon. Well, I think that there are a lot of tensions between police and the African-American community, and there's a lot of history there. And one just doesn't necessarily overcome history by saying we're going to get past this. I think it takes work to get past some of those tensions that are based on history. So a couple of things that are going on here that I think are, are really good um, are things like the One Lexington program where we take a neighborhood and we bring in lots of support groups from the community who work within this neighborhood to help lower the crime and increase the communications. You know, it's all about communications, right? And so our community policing is very important and getting into neighborhoods so that, so that the neighbors know each other and the police know the neighbors. And the neighbors must, it will take time to develop trust in their police officers. But these collaborative approaches are critical 
to this situation. And I think part of it will take going back and talking about past history and how to move forward from that. Thank you very much. We're approaching the half hour, and uh, we thank those of you watching on the CW Lexington. You are tuned in to a forum of the candidates for Lexington mayor, uh, Ronnie Baston and Linda Gordon. They're answering our questions, as well as the questions of some students at Transylvania University, from which we are originating this tonight. Transylvania University, one of our sponsors tonight, along with the League of Women Voters of Lexington, WLAP Radio, WKYT, and the Lexington Herald-Leader, who are streaming this live this evening as well. All right, now an opportunity for the candidates to ask a question of each other, and then they'll get the response, and then they'll have, a, uh, we'll give the candidate a little time for a rebuttal as well. So this is our little interesting segment here, and we will uh, have candidate Gorton with the first question, and then an answer from candidate uh, Baston here uh, first on this uh, particular section. Candidate Gorton. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to ask a question that I hear all over the community. Uh, Mr. Baston, you tout your skills in public safety. During your tenure as police chief and public safety commissioner, homicides went from 13 per year to 28 per year, averaging 18 per year. How do your plans as mayor differ from current efforts to address murders, and why weren't your plans implemented as chief and commissioner? Well, I'm not going to take that criticism because I know how hard the men and women of the Lexington Police Department work every day and night. Uh, they're out. I've seen them. I've been beside them, and I know what they do to protect us. They work very hard. They have no control over the budgets like council members do and the funding levels that they get. Uh, they all watched when our numbers were during the downturn of the economy when uh, my opponent voted in 2006, I think, against raises, uh, 2011 and 12 on budgets that increased or had proposals to increase police officers. So we had to do with what we had. Um, two of the years as I was police chief, we had the lowest crime that we'd had since the merger of the government when we had plenty of resources until the resources were no longer, no longer there. In uh, two years, we had 100% homicide clearance rates, which are unheard of in the United States. The average is about 65%. We always were well above the average. So we were forced to prioritize and, and we did the best we could with what we had. And our folks did yeoman's work, and I'm not gonna take any criticism that they let us down. When I was police chief, the, the rate of homicides was about 18. In the last three years, with the change in our crime here, an opioid situation, and the drug trade, we've seen homicides rise. So I think that's a very unfair statement, unfair question. Candy Gordon, do you have a rebuttal? Yes, I think it is a fair question because it is a major part of your your platform as to how you would lead. And people do want to understand why the homicide rate has continued to raise under your leadership. Thank you. Candidate Baston now, you can pose a question to Candidate Gorton. Well, I have a question to Candidate Gorton. Uh, you led an effort and uh, were very much in favor of paying $5 million of our taxpayers' money uh, to a farm not even owned by a U.S. citizen to go into the PDR program. Uh, because it wasn't owned by a U.S. citizen, it didn't qualify for the 50% federal match. This was a farm that uh, uh, was quite a ways out and probably wouldn't have been developed in our lifetimes anyway, yet you were a proponent of spending $5 million. That $5 million could have gone 
to many things that folks who I talk to are very interested in in Lexington right now, like workforce development, combating opioids, more police officers, fighting homelessness, and affordable housing. Why were you a, a proponent of giving $5 million away to a foreign national? First of all, I wasn't on the council and I didn't have a vote in that. Second of all, this just shows... Audience, please. This, don't take my time with clapping. This just shows a lack of understanding of our rural land management plan as well as our purchase of development rights. The PDR program is 100% about the land. It is not about the person. The ordinance, which I've read several times, is strictly about which lands in our county are the finest, best soils and have the best historic view sheds. They are ranked like that. And the farm you are referring to has one portion of it, which it apparently applied in three different applications, which is ranked number one of all applications. That means it is the highest rated for soil, for historic view shed, and for all of those things that we are trying to protect for our ag and equine land. I'm a huge supporter of our purchase of development rights program. It is no different than the tax incentives we give businesses to locate downtown and in our urban area. And it has nothing to do with the person who owns the land or what their nationality is. Candidate Baston, do you have a rebuttal? Well, I realize Ms. Gordon wasn't on the council at the time that she was in favor of doing this, but she did try to lead in it and provide influence on this. I've got a, a letter here that she sent to many people, including the Herald-Leader, in support of this. Um, again, I say that this would have been a $5 million giveaway to a foreign national in a farm that likely wouldn't have been developed. There's no sewers or anything that could have allowed it to happen. Uh, we have our urban services boundary, which can protect. Uh, I'm very much in favor of PDR and the boundary, but I'm not in favor of giving our tax money away uh, without, without a, need to, a great need to spend it. Thank you. And now back to our directed questions to our candidates. Uh, outside political action committees are working to influence elections at all levels of government these days, including, as we have seen recently, in the mayor's race. What is your thinking about groups outside the community who don't live or work here working to influence our elections? Candidate Gordon. Yes, that's a wonderful question because uh, what it means is that people who don't live here give money to influence our elections. And we did see that this year. Uh, at a previous forum, my opponent at the very last second of the forum pointed out that in 2010, I took two PAC contributions. Each of them was $250. They came with no endorsement and no mailer to thousands of people. They were simply a PAC contribution, very small. I think that PAC contributions from outside our area are inappropriate. They should not be used as leverage in our community. And many, many people question them because of the inappropriateness of a PAC in another state affecting what goes on here. And we have to admit that that is why they are given. If they are from out of state, 
they go along with an organization that endorses, and they use their money to send mailers around, mass mailers in our community to influence elections. Candidate so I'm very, I'm very suspicious of them. Candidate Bastion. Let me say I'm a first-time candidate. I'm not a career politician. I'm not going to say one thing and do another. Uh, my opponent has taken not one, but two federal PAC contributions in previous camp campaigns. I think that's hypocritical to take federal PAC contributions and then say it's wrong to do that. Uh, she's trying to have it both ways. I won't say one thing and do another. I offer the citizens of Lexington real honest leadership. I won't do that. Thank you. Development, a major issue in the community, and uh, where are we going in the future? Will you protect our urban service boundary? How will you be sure that you can fairly balance the needs and the desires of the community with the needs or demands of developers? Uh, candidate Baston. Let me be very clear, because there's been some, uh, some confu confusion on that, I think, in some of the reporting. Uh, I'm not in favor of expanding the urban services boundary. Let me say that again. I'm not in favor of expanding the urban services boundary. Uh, but let me tell you where my opponent and I differ. I support PDR. I think it's a great program, and I want to protect the agricultural lands and the equine industry that we have. I want to be an advocate for that industry, not just sit back and, and just protect the land. Uh, that's a given. We have to do that. It's too important to our economy. But I want to support it. If it thrives, we thrive. But I'm not in any way in favor of giving $5 million of taxpayer money to a foreign national to protect a farm. Candidate Gordon. Uh, first of all, uh, I have never been a career politician. People who know me know that's kind of silly. And I wonder when it is that someone who serves legitimately, honestly, and with integrity then becomes labeled as a career politician. I am a career nurse. That's what I am. Okay, so development. My opponent was on the record with you, Mr. Bryant, as saying that he supported our urban service boundary, but we needed to look for land, farmland, that could be developed. Now, that's in contrast to what he says when he says, I support the urban service boundary. I am on the record since 1999. I supported the rural land management plan. I supported in 2000 the PDR plan. That was a portion of the rural land management plan. Our goal is to protect 50,000 acres of ag and equine land. It's not unlimited. It's 50,000 acres, and we have protected up until today a little over 30,000. So we're three-fifths of the way to our goal. I also support good, strong development, and I support infill and redevelopment until we have our inner core full. That's how we become a vibrant community, is to have a a filled-in core surrounded by our ag industry. Thank you. Immigration, a major issue around the country in campaign 2018. Illegal immigration has been a, a huge political issue debated on stages uh, across the nation. Do you think illegal immigration is a serious problem in Fayette County? Why or why not? And then the student goes on to want to know, do you believe that some of our limited law enforcement resources should be spent 
coordinating and cooperating with federal immigration authorities and ICE in particular. Candidate Gordon. The first thing is I support legal immigration where immigrants follow a process to enter our country. This is what we have been about our whole country's history, is building, immigrants built our, our country. And I'm a, I'm a big supporter of doing that legally and following the processes. I think that we do have illegal folks here. I, um, I don't know who they are, but we have a lot of people here who are perceived to be illegal immigrants who are not. You know, we have a, a lot of people have a tendency to look at someone who looks different and think they're an illegal immigrant. The other night, I was with a fairly substantial group of people, many of them from African nations, and they're all legal, they're voting citizens, they have gone through the process that everyone needs to go through. ICE is a federal program, it is not a local program. And so ICE does their thing and our local police do their work. Candidate Baston. I want to say one thing about the, uh, about the statement a minute ago about the, something that I said to you about using agriculture, looking for some more agricultural land. I was talking about land inside the urban services boundary. I've never ever said anything about crossing or expanding the boundary. We have about 5,600 acres right now, is the estimate that I've read, inside the boundary that could be used uh, if we find the need to, to do some more houses. Let me talk a little bit about immigration because I've been in the middle of the immigration debate since, uh, since it began here in Lexington. Uh, I'd say no to law enforcement in face, in, enforcing federal immigration laws. Number one, that takes a three-week training program for every officer, and while they're working on an ICE investigation, you have to surrender supervision of the officer to ICE. Those were things when I was police chief I wasn't willing to do. I've watched the, the issue at the federal level, and I'm not sure we're any closer today than we have been since the mid-90s in terms of having direction with immigration. Uh, yet local, local officials have to make decisions about the directions they go. In order to be effective and keep down victimization and crimes in the community, police have to rely on trust. People in the community have to trust them enough to tell them when something happens to them, and then others need to tell them or have to tell them what they know about those crimes. That's the way we solve crime. So for local officials to enforce federal immigration laws, there are some obstacles to that. Uh, we have always, and will continue always, to cooperate with ICE and federal officials. We're not a sanctuary city, and I wouldn't enact legislation to become one. Thank you. Uh, this uh, kind of calls on the, the candidates to acknowledge a blind spot. Uh, so what, it's, it's about community engagement. What part of our community are you least naturally equipped to represent? And how would you work to try to represent that area or group? What is your community engagement plan to make sure that all are well connected, especially those who are not comfortable with the government process? Candidate Baston. Great question. Uh, I, my history shows that I've always valued diversity. I appointed the most diverse command staff in the history of the Lexington Police Department when I had the opportunity as chief. Uh, my campaign staff is very diverse. Everywhere you see us in a march, uh, our group looks like the United Nations. We're very proud of that. That's what a Baston administration will look like in City Hall. 
a group that I just, uh, that reached out to me actually uh, recently was a group from, of individuals, doctors, who were uh, from another country who now are citizens here. And they approached me and they said, we like what you, your inclusiveness and the evidence we've seen of that. We want to be part of this community. We want to have a voice. We want to be plugged in, but we've never had that opportunity. We don't know how. And so we had a meet and greet and we had a, a house full of people who all were very engaged, had never, it was obvious they'd never had an opportunity to talk to a candidate about issues that were important to them. Everyone wanted their picture taken before we left. It was one of the most rewarding experiences I've had. I, I know very well that there are groups of people within Lexington that haven't had the opportunity to be involved. If we're gonna be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, as Abraham Lincoln said in 1863, then we need to work towards that, and that's something I'm committed to do. Thank you, candidate Gordon. Well, community engagement gets to the heart of what a good government should be about. A good government is about the people, plain and simple. Everything government does, whether it's paving roads or building sewers or providing social services, is about serving the people. And I am, if you've ever taken the Myers-Briggs test, you know you're either an extrovert, an introvert, or in the middle, and I'm all the way to the end of the extrovert, and I love meeting people. I have no group that I'm afraid to enter or to engage with. This is how I get new ideas and hear people's ideas for Lexington. And so I have been in many groups. I seek out groups that are different from me because that's where we learn and that's where we get ideas of what people are thinking is, is needing attention in our city. I have always had an open door. I have always held meetings in the community. When I was vice mayor, we took our council out into the community for a council meeting, not in the council chamber. And so I am, I am oriented that way anyway. And diversity is extremely important to me. I integrated my children's PTA board. I served on the Equity Council of Fayette County Schools. My actions my entire adult life are about meeting people where they are. Thank you. City Hall, what is your current thinking about relocating the Lexington Fayette Urban County Government Center, and what would you do to address this question? Candidate Gorton. Thank you. As you all know, you followed in the news the City Hall um, situation, we'll call it. And I um, served on Mayor Teresa Isaac's council when she proposed a new city hall. I was on the council when Mayor Jim Newberry proposed a new city hall. I was on Jim Gray's first RFP committee when he proposed a new city hall in his first term. There is no doubt that we need a new city hall. The Lafayette Hotel was never meant to be a permanent city hall. It was supposed to be temporary. And so we have these five buildings downtown that house our government and they're not efficient and they're not effective for the people. So my thinking is that when I am mayor, I will begin talking with individual council members to see where they stand and what they think about whether we should move forward with a city hall. And once we kind of get that out of the way, because everybody needs to be on board, is we'll talk about those items that were barriers 
to this last proposal, there were things like cost, there were things like infrastructure and intersections, and a wide variety of things, and then we will move forward. Thank you. Candidate Baston, City Hall. Well, obviously, uh, Council uh, had asked to, to have a process to look for a new project for City Hall. Uh, they didn't have consensus. They didn't feel comfortable with uh, the project as proposed. Uh, I purposely stayed out of that process, and I wanted them to, to do the work that they had set out to do. I didn't think it was fair to get involved with that. But I will provide bold leadership on this. We have to have a solution for the situation that we're in right now. Uh, we, we need a transparent <laughs> process, one that's above reproach, one that involves input by many, many stakeholders as we go through this. Uh, we don't want to repeat of what we just saw. Uh, one of the things that I think we need to all be asking ourselves, and I think it's a very fair question, uh, we are looking at this project because we can't afford to stay where we are in the current facility because we have $22 million of deferred maintenance. Uh, whatever solution we find, we need to make sure that we don't set up a situation where we have $22 million of, accumulate $22 million of deferred maintenance. We have to pay our bills. We have to meet our obligations. Uh, we shouldn't be in a position where we're forced or feel like we're forced to do something else. We have a history of that. Look at water quality. We, uh, we got forced to do something about that with the EPA. Police and fire pension. The government didn't put in what the actuary said you've got to to deliver the benefit. And then we have City Hall. Uh, we wanted to take over the water company. Can you imagine how much deferred maintenance we would have on that today had we done that? Thank you. This may be our final question as our time is ticking here. So let's do one that, uh, that shows a, a little contrast here days before the election. What sets you apart from your opponent? Candidate Baston? I think vision. Uh, and I would invite people to go to, to our Facebook page and look at a small video, a two and a half minute video of the vision for Lexington. I think it's very well done and it's a very a visual way for people to see what we're thinking about. We've incorporated many, many ideas we've talked about for the last several months in the campaign. But I'm a candidate that, uh, that has specific plans to achieve that vision. Um, you know, I believe in planning the work and working the plan. That's how you get results. That's how you build a house. That's how you do things within government as well. I'm a candidate with real experience. Um, you know. I've, I've held a full-time leadership job in Lexington. I've led in tough situations. My opponent hasn't led an or, a real organization with people, responsibility for people, and a budget. Uh, we don't need to study everything that comes down the pike. We don't need to study the studies. We know some things we need to do. We need someone that's, that's willing to step on the train and drive it and get some things done, get results. I've got energy to get the job done. And that's something that's going to take with some of these issues that we're facing. Uh, I've been endorsed or recommended by all 14 organizations that have endorsed or recommended to date. I think that gives a, a strong statement of folks' confidence in me from what they've seen in my leadership tenure. Candidate Gordon, what set you apart from your opponent? Thank you. Uh, well, first, let's put these endorsements to, to rest. I have the Herald Leader endorsement. I have the Kentucky Colonel endorsement as being the better candidate for Lexington and UK. I have former Mayor Scotty Basler's endorsement, former Mayor Pam Miller, and our current Mayor Jim Gray. Those are pretty strong endorsements, and I'm proud of those. I am set apart totally 
because my experience is so much broader than my opponent. We're not talking here about electing a division director or a, a department head. We're talking about electing a mayor who has the vision and the experience to go out and lead and represent our community. I have that. I worked full time as our vice mayor and I saw it as a leadership opportunity where I could lead the council. A mayor who comes in and thinks that they can do it all by themselves will be sorely disappointed because the mayor's skill in working with the council members to get eight votes for anything is critical. I have done that time and time again to better our community. Before we do the closing statements, just quickly, has this been an enjoyable experience for the two of you? <laughs> Abs absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it, you know, it's, we're, we're, we're down to the, the, the point now where the decision is, is about to be made, and we're ready for our uh, closing remarks tonight. The candidates drew a second time uh, for the order of the uh, closing remarks, and they have 90 seconds, and they'll go in this order. Uh, we'll begin our 90-second closing from candidate Baston. I'm going to repeat some things I just said. I'm a candidate with real experience. I've led large living, breathing organizations, 1,750 people and an almost $200 million budget. I've always come in within budget. I've led in tough times, some of the biggest crises we've had in our community, and I've done it effectively. I've done it well. I know what leadership really is. Uh, council is a, is a very honorable form of service but it's a part-time position. The buck doesn't stop there. The buck stops with someone who's actually responsible for the people, the mission of the agency, and the, the budget that goes with that. I believe that we've studied the study too many times on things. I'm a consensus builder. I've done that effectively many, many times, and there are times when we need to do that. I feel very well qualified and show a history of doing that. But there's some things we need to get done. People I talk to in the community are tired of that. They say we study the study. We've got to have a leader that's willing to step up in some directions that we know we need to go and take it on and get it done and work with council to do that. I understand we have to work with council. I've done that very effectively in the tenure that I've been here. I've got a lot of energy. I've got a lot of passion. This community means a lot to me. I'd never do anything to harm it. I want to take us to the next level, and I think I'm the leader that can do that. So I'm going to ask you for your vote on November 6th. Together, we'll move Lexington forward. Thank you. And candidate Gordon, your 90-second closing statement. Thank you very much. First of all, thank you to our sponsors, and thanks to all of you for being here, as well as our uh, audience. I want you to go on my website and look at lindagorton.com. I have had my vision on there for a few months now, and it's a compilation of what I have done and what I want to do. And it is not something that I just put together in a rapid manner. I thought a lot about it and I thought a lot about what Lexington needs to move forward. So I want to just run through some quick things. The Fairness Ordinance, the Friends of the Dog Park, Building Our Dog Parks, the Rural Land Management Plan, the PDR Program, Leading on the Smoking Ordinance, the first one in Kentucky, the Consent Decree, chairing complex task forces to put policy into place, 
sponsoring a hemp resolution, and as vice mayor, leading all budget deliberations for the entire government budget. These are the kinds of things I've done. This is the type of leadership I have. It's very broad. It was not a part-time job. My method of leading is collaborative. It's not chain of command. It is bringing people in with diverse viewpoints and moving toward a solution. Please vote for me November 6th, one week, right? <laughs> And I will not disappoint you. I will lead you at the highest level. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give each of our candidates a hand. Thank you. Thank you. And we do want to uh, sincerely thank the candidates for taking part today and thank Transylvania University for hosting this evening's forum. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, WKYT, the Lexington Herald Leader, WLAP, and the League of Women Voters of Lexington. You can visit the League's website, by the way, for information about this and other races in this election. You can also watch this and other mayoral forums held earlier on WKYT.com or on Kentucky.com. Again, thank you very much for joining us this evening. And finally, don't forget to vote on right. Tuesday, November 6th. Have a good night. Very good. Bill, thank you so much.